do me a favour. If you are listening, please hit the subscribe button, like, share, rate, review the podcast. It really means more than you realise. I believe every business owner has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picture Book Films. Hello, mate. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. You okay? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Yeah, all good. I just seen the the number five then of twenty four. So we're still early days, aren't we? <laughs> still, still have a lot of energy. <laughs> Lately, mate, I'm all, I'm all good at the minute. Not, 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 not going to sleep or anything. So we're, we're winning. We're winning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mate. <laughs> good, good. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. It's brilliant to, to, to catch up with you. And um, yeah, mate, really, really grateful for your time. So, look, mate, we're going to jump straight in. The legend that is Will Buckley yeah. joining us for, as guest five for, of twenty four. So, mate, look, I just want to. So many people, obviously, a lot of listeners and people from our community will obviously come and seen you at, at, at the MX when you played up there and but just talk talk to me a little bit about about football growing up like what was it like as a as a young kid growing up yeah football? Um, <laughs> yeah it was brilliant I think it was just obviously why we all start the game is just just pure love of the game um literally everywhere I went I used to take my ball with me you know going around to the corner shop playing out with my mates it was constantly had a ball by my side so I always remember that um obviously in school before before school at dinner time after school it was just everything was just football um and I think that just leads to then playing Sunday league with your mates then obviously getting scouted and turning turn it into professional um but yeah it was just just what pure age, love of the game I think what age were you when you got scouted when, when what age was um you? I think I was probably about under eights or under nines when I got signed for Oldham. Wow. And seeing that, that, and, and always been like, was you always at that point, like a winger, an attacking player? And was that, was that always your role? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I started as a striker, as a, like a number nine, number 10. Um, yeah. Alan Shearer and Michael Owen were my kind of idols. Um, yes. So I was kind of, my game was a bit more like a Michael Owen, kind of making runs off the defenders, running in behind. I was never a header of the ball or holding it up big, a big striker. So obviously Shearer was just a love of it because the way he just used to score goals. But my game was more like like running off the back of defenders, stuff like that, using my speed, um, timing of runs kind of thing. So yeah, I always started as a striker. Kind of moved to the wing once. It was only really once I kind of broke into the Rochdale team that I kind of got put out wide. Um, I think that was just kind of when you break first break into a professional team. Sometimes it's it's a bit difficult putting a young lad up front, especially in like League Two when I broke in. So it was just kind of a natural put me out wide, use my speed, and it just kind of went from there. Really, uh, mate, you you were rapid. I'm not gonna lie. Coming and what. Yeah, mate. I mean, talk to me because you played obviously such a long period at, at such a top level of the game. Talk, can you talk to me about like maybe like a what was a, a career highlight for you? Other than that goal in the opening game at the Amex, talk talk to me about uh, what was a career highlight? Yeah, there was probably a few really. <laughs> you know, at different stages of your career. Um, like I say, I think number one was obviously the the Amex, the first game, just the occasion. Obviously, what it meant, not just to me, obviously, 
you know, obviously you're kind of a little bit selfish as a footballer. It's what you look back on, what what was good for you. But really, that was a whole, the team, the, the supporters, the whole occasion of moving to the new ground. So that was obviously my main highlight. Um, I did obviously break into Rochdale's team quite early and I managed to play at Wembley when I was 18 in the playoff final. Um, so obviously at that age, that was massive. Um, then obviously signing for Sunderland after Brighton, playing in the Premier League, something that I'd always wanted to do. It was kind of like once I was a professional, the goal was then kind of get to the Premier League. To to achieve that was obviously another massive, you know, massive part of my career. But yeah, there's no beating the the Amex feeling that day. That just the emotion with with everything really. And I mean, just the, the my time at Brighton, like everything. Like I was even just just thinking about obviously how we met with you know essentials and walking around the lane going out for nights out having food stuff like like the buzz around brighton at that time was just was just unbelievable uh, you're right it was that's what i mean you think you i go back to that time we did like you said you used to come in the salon and and get your hair done and just it was it was such a magical time at that point because obviously i'd moved down from essex um to brighton and you sort of you start to build your yeah. network and then i remember like it was so much talk about going up to the amex and obviously Brighton hardcore fans have like you know followed them for years. Been to the with Dean and the Goldstone Ground, and then all of a sudden it's an amazing mm. stadium with a great side, with great manager and, and the guys. And you sort of go in, and it was just I, I still remember that day. We we're all there with flags and, and waving them around, yeah. and then yeah, some last minute goals. And mate, it was it was an exciting moment for for sure. Yeah, I think it was like a culmination of everything. Wasn't it what what the fans had been through for. 10, 20 years prior to getting to the ground, it was like obviously winning and the way the, the day turned out was just unbelievable. But I think it would have been a great day anyway, no matter what the result was. It was just a celebration of being at the Amex after everything that they'd been through and just kind of celebrate that kind of moment, really. Yeah, no, mate, absolutely, absolutely. So talk to me about, I'm always keen to about obviously leadership management and stuff like that. within the game talk to me about maybe who's 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 your best manager that you played under and why um i think i played under some some good managers and some like different you know every manager that i probably played under had a different way of getting the best out of certain players um i think for me just just the the time and the period of my career was obviously brighton and gus Poyet. um the faith he showed in me when I was at Brighton and then obviously to take me to Sunderland as well. I think that just kind of the confidence that it gives me going onto the pitch when you've got a manager that believes in you so much, it just it just gives you that extra percent, I think, on the pitch. I think football is a, com it is a confidence game and I was definitely a confidence player. So to have a manager that would back me and know that he thought I was probably the best player and someone who could help the team out at any point, that just that just helped me get onto that next stage and really, really play at my best for you know, for a long period of time at Brighton, I think. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting it's always to I I talk about it on a podcast a lot with sort of leadership styles and what it, and, and I because I'm such a big football fan, I always relate so much of it with sport and, and business together. They go they, there's so many similarities, I guess, that yeah. as a good leader it's not, it's knowing those people, isn't it? Like, so would you say you didn't like if you had a manager that maybe criticised or was a little bit more forward, 
you wouldn't respond as well to that or yeah i think so um i think it's probably just human nature in it as well when you've got someone who believes in you or someone who's kind of getting on your case and i mean there's some probably players that needed that maybe to get motivated a bit of criticism sometimes works but i think i was a player where yeah i think everyone i think I think probably Gus kind of was good at man management as well. So maybe them players that needed that, maybe he dealt with them in a different way. But for me, it was just the confidence given to me to kind of go, you're the main man, you know, do, do. just kind of go out and do do what you do, basically. that That's telling you to be, be who you are on the pitch and what more confidence can you take from that, really? That's great. And like, like you say, to give you that, that freedom, because especially as a flair player, someone that, you know, is an attacking player with skill and, you know, you, you don't want those restrictions, I guess, do you? You want to be able to just have the confidence that every time you get the ball, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a shoulder and take someone on. And that, that comes from building you up, I guess, and having the confidence to do that. Yeah, definitely. Freedom as, as, a, as a forward attacking player. I think that's number one in it. You don't want to be kind of going on the pitch with kind of like things in your head or oh, you need to do this you need to do that it's kind of go out and play I think there was one rule with Gus with kind of me Luwa Nooney if the full back goes forward you go and track him back that's it but most of the time we had the ball for 90% of the game anyway so it was just kind of stay up stay out wide wait for the ball to come to you and literally try and try and terrorise him that was a that was a, the yeah. instruction oh, for yeah. us wingers really <laughs> and what, what is it as a, as a manager like, but in training was he obviously because he was a great player Gus did he still get involved in on the pitch did you did he still have a bit in a locker yeah he did yeah he used to join in um Tano as well Tariko he used to join in I think they used to do it one I think it was one day a week they used to join in maybe on a Sunday if we you know we had a game and then we was in with the lads maybe who didn't play would then go in the day after and train and they would kind of join in to even the teams up but yeah I mean, he, he, his legs had gone a little bit, so he wasn't as quick as he used to be. But you see some of the technique and some of the goals that he used to score in training. You used to think, yeah, that's that's obviously why he was so good. He's got, yeah, yeah, fair, fair play, fair play. And what, what about in in regards to players that you've played with as well over the, over the years? Who, who sort of name a couple that sort of stood out for you that you've gone, wow, it's great to play with them, or they were they were great players. Yeah. Well, obviously, when I went to Sunderland, <laughs> I was playing with the likes of Jermaine Defoe. Um, Lee Catamore was a lot better than people kind of giving credit for. Um, mm. But, I mean, at Brighton, I think Brighton was good because everyone was kind of at the peak. So, all the players, the, the reason why we had such a good season because everyone was kind of playing to their best ability. I mean, playing in front of uh, Bruno was, was just made it easy. Um, Wayne Bridge when he was there you could see why he'd played for England even though obviously he was getting on to later in his career Gordon who's going to come on I think a little bit later he was just such a leader yeah. um, <clears throat> Matthew Upson came in obviously another ex-England player Vicente obviously fans loved him and he was just, just come out with just did some outrageous stuff really um, yeah the, the team a, at Brighton was probably one of the best players I've played with yeah, there, there was. It was strange with the centre because he, he obviously suffered from sort of injuries as well, didn't he? A little bit later in, in, in his yeah. career, but you could tell that sort of like that technique and play, come on that pitch. And even if he was on for thirty minutes or forty minutes, whatever he did, he, he had um, he, he had an amazing ability, didn't he? In the, that middle of the park. Yeah, 
just to, I mean, just to training, slow the game. <laughs> yeah, in training, he was just like you think you could get close to him and take the ball off him because he he kind of moved quite slow. But the way he used his body, we I don't think we'd ever seen it as like English players. He was just like a com- completely different to what we'd ever seen. And literally, you couldn't get the ball off him. If he went dribbling, he wouldn't use pace, wouldn't really do any step overs or skill or anything like that. Just the way he moved the ball and used his body, you couldn't you couldn't get near him. He was definitely, I think he's probably up there as one of the best players I've played with, I think. Yeah, well, well. I'm keen, I'm keen to just uh, touch on, actually, something that I've got, got the World Cup coming up. What's your take on it, like, being over in guitar and, and you know, different time of the year and what to, mm. what, what's your take on it at a minute, on the world cup coming up um i think it's going to be a bit of a strange one really i don't think it's going to have the feel of say like brazil a couple of years ago um south africa i remember being unbelievable i just because it's not like a football place i think yeah. all the grounds are like being built just for that it's obviously breaking up the season i mean it might turn out to be good but i just don't think it'll have that feel of a real football in place where all the fans will be kind of getting together and getting that atmosphere of kind of a party atmosphere. I don't know. I just it might surprise us, but I'm just I just don't yeah. think it'll be very good to be honest with you. But you never know, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 what do you think England's chances? I think we'll do all right. It's hard to say in it to say you're going to win it. It's just like sounds outrageous. We say it all the time, don't we? But We've not won it for so long, but we've done so well in the last two tournaments. So, you know, why why can't we go on a bit of a run again? I think obviously, if I think he probably Southgate probably needs to kind of go with some players who are in form rather than players who have done well who are not playing at the minute. Because I've been there. <clears throat> sorry, I've been there where um, you know you you're one of the better players in the team, but if you've been out for six seven weeks, like you know I did a couple of times at Brighton with my injuries. To then go straight back in, I'm probably not performing at the level of someone who's been playing well, who maybe not as good a player as you, but they're playing every every game and they're sharp. So I think it's going to be difficult for you know if he plays Maguire, if you're not going to play and then he's going to go straight into a World Cup, you're going to sharpness wise, you're going to be so far off it. I just don't think it, it's not going to work by sticking by them players who are not playing at the clubs. I don't think so. I think I think Southgate's got a. A big choice on his on his plate, I think. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, what's your thoughts on how it's been a shift? Obviously, though, within the England camp, do you not think? Obviously, since Southgate's taken, because if I'm being honest, I wasn't a massive Southgate fan when he first came on. But I was thinking that mm. he's not the right man for the job. Like, you know, it's going to be the same old, same old. But he did he really went in? We talk again about leadership, I guess, and culture, and he he really has gone in and. Mm. and changed the ethos a little bit around what the England team yeah. was about, you know what I think? Yeah, I, no, I really like him, to be honest with you. And I think, obviously, he's going, they're going for a bit of a patch now where it's like, you know, is Southgate the right man and stuff like that. But you're going to have little spells like that. And any football yeah. team, any, any manager is going to have a spell where they, they have a bit of a blip. Like you say, he changed, I, I think he changed, like, the psychology of the team, to be honest with you. I think... He's obviously clever and he's, and he's worked on things like that, especially what he went through as a player with missing a penalty for England. I think he's probably been through all that and and has passed a lot of it down to to the group now, which is obviously working well. Um, 
because a lot of it probably is mindset as well the way you go into tournaments the way you react to certain things you know how big kind of social media is these days if, if you're not mentally strong and know how to deal with certain things i think you, you've got no chance these days so i think he has brought definitely brought something different into into the england team and yeah i think he's definitely the right man and hopefully he can can prove it with you know with some kind of win of, of some sort <laughs> be nice to get that trophy mate wouldn't it i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> You see, it seems like we're uh, at least we've got that little bit closer than than we have done over the over the years. Yeah, exactly. It's it's exciting now, isn't it? And to to watch tournaments, you kind of got a little bit of expectation. We kind of had expectation years ago, but we probably shouldn't have had any expectation. But at least now it's warranted, <laughs> isn't it? So yeah, that's the thing. Me being an optimist as I am, I always got a massive football fan as I have all my life. You just go every tournament. I come man, you get you, you deal with that oh, yeah. disappointment, but. You know, you know, I believe this time we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah. And yeah, you get disappointed. But you do you do feel yeah. like this crop of players maybe, but just the ethos and the way he's, like I say for me, I think the way he's really come in and, and changed. He's brought a little bit more of a team mentality. It seemed that, that we'd lost that a little bit. So I guess like I go back to 96 and I remember, you know, you look down at, you know, Gaza and, you know, Stuart Pearce and Paul Wintz, people like that, and just Shearer, you mentioned earlier, just all leaders. And you looked at it and they mm. was a team and they, and they worked as a team. You felt like, you know, they was all there for each other. And I, fe I felt like over, there was a period where we'd lost that in England. Like, it looked like we lost that in the England camp. And I think he certainly seems to have brought that back, I, I feel. Yeah, definitely. I think of, there's probably two things with the, like say, the leadership and and kind of the team. And I think the tactics were never there when they had the kind of the golden generation of Beckham, Scholes, Lampard, yeah. uh, Gerrard, unbelievable, unbelievable individual players. But I don't think the tactics were ever there where I think Southgate is more of a tactician and has got different ideas about how to kind of win football matches. And I think he'll, he'll definitely knows how to get the best out of this group anyway. Yeah, amazing, amazing, mate. I want to talk um, a little bit about obviously where you are now as well. A little bit like talk to me a little bit about like life after football now, where where you are and what's what's happening. Yeah, to be fair, I'm really enjoying it, um, and I think when you do stop, the kind of the pressure kind of drops as well. You know, I don't think you really realise when you're playing how much pressure you're putting on yourself. Um, you know, think I used to think about the game all the time. Think about what I was doing, you know, whether I'd drive somewhere for an hour, I'd be thinking, should I be doing that? Is that going to be good for my body? You know, it's all little things like that that you kind of don't realise that you're doing um, when you're playing. So, yeah, I'm obviously now gone into the, the football intermediary side, um, started up web sports management um, and, yeah, getting to more games, watching rather than playing now. So it's a lot less stressful, a lot less preparation. <laughs> Just need to get there at three o'clock or quarter to eight so it's easier. Um but yeah, enjoying it and just yeah, trying to guide guide the players and kind of feedback my experiences to them. Um and hopefully it'll help them throughout their careers then. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, mate, that's my what leading up to like coming to the end, because obviously any football career, you know, there's a there's a lifespan on it and you get to what was did you have in mind what you wanted to sort of do afterwards had you started to think about it as you was coming towards the end of it or had you given that much thought or talk to me about that because it 
a lot of people you speak to, especially professional athletes, like that after that game, not actually thinking about that. They just think, oh, I want to play football for this amount of time and yeah. then not, not giving that much thought. Had you, had you given that thought or? Yeah, but not, not a lot really. Like I say, I was always kind of <laughs> so intense in what I was doing. How long? I really didn't really think how long am I going to keep playing for. I was just kind of like, I'm playing now. What what do I need to do to make my best now? It was always talk, you know, like you hear it throughout your career. Even when you're young, you hear about the older lads talk about what they're going to do after and stuff like that. And I'd always thought about going into the agency. That's the only thought I'd really had, but didn't really take it that serious because I thought, you know, I've got still got a, a long time left in football. Um, but yeah, probably probably looking back, probably should have planned a little bit sooner and what I was going to do. So it would have been a bit more smoother, but it wasn't really that hard to go into this. Um, so I didn't really need that much planning. Um, but yeah, like you say, when you're, when you're playing, your main aim is I've got a game today and then you're looking to the next game, to the next game. You're not thinking about what I'm going to do when I retire because always you want to do is perform well on a Saturday. So it's, it's kind of that, you know, like I said, I've listened to a lot of podcasts since retiring um, and a lot of the mindsets, you know, how people kind of like the top performers look into what they're doing and none of them are thinking about anything else. It's what am I doing now and how do I get better at this? And I think I was like that as a player. Um, so I think I was doing it right in a way because, I mean, you can always adapt, can't you, after? Obviously, it's good to, to plan for the future sometimes, but I think... If I would have been kind of thinking about what I was doing after and not concentrating on football, I would have regretted it more after than I would have at the time. That's really true. I, I'm, I completely get that. And I think because one of the things I've certainly just from doing the podcast and speaking to different people, you know, entrepreneurs, <clears throat> business, whatever that looks like, that, that, ultimately all, all we should should be doing in life and i guess listening to you talk about that is is about being present in the moment like what if, if you constantly like exactly if you concentrate on what where you are right now because um, sometimes as entrepreneurs business owners you're constantly you've got a, a view of what you you know a goal that you've set yourself and you're trying to, and if you're focused too much on that you miss out that journey and you miss out that yeah. thing. I, I even talk about it, the kids like you know if i'm there with the kids and want to be present with them at that time if i'm here having a chat with you i'm here right now having this conversation you're present in that moment and so as such a and i guess as a football like you said it's a great thing to be able to do to be able to that's all you're concentrating on am i going to play saturday am i going to get the best out of it and, but with, with yeah. that because i guess with, with with a with being a footballer with being a professional athlete there's so much structure in your every day isn't there you 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 know mm. you, when you eat sleep get up and train and your whole day yeah. and your whole week structured around getting the best performance. How has that changed, obviously, with the, obviously being now in the business world and stuff like that? Have you found that transition difficult or? Um, not really, but you kind of do realise how structured you was. I think you just kind of get into that structure and you don't realise how structured it actually is until you stop doing it. I think I'm quite yeah. a, a laid-back person anyway so I can kind of go right I'm at home I'll chill out but I think there is a lot of footballers obviously you hear about it with mental health these days when that does change if you're a certain person I think it can really disrupt your life um, and kind of lucky that I, I can kind of go with the flow of things um, but yeah but 
on the flip side, if I'm sat in the house sometimes for two or three hours, my mind's going, I'm just, I need to get out, I need to go to the gym. You know, like, I need to get out and be active. So it is it is yeah. difficult when you go from, and I think it's, it is hard to realise how hard it is to be motivated to, to go to the gym, to go for a run, stuff like that. Because when you're doing it every day, you take it for granted. Your fitness is there. Yeah. I go into training, you put your boots on, you're out for an hour and you don't even realise you've been out for an hour running about. If you try and go to the gym and work hard for an hour, doing that every day is like, <laughs> oh my God, this is solid. Like, so it's, you get to the next day and you're like, oh, I've got to do that again. So it's kind of like you do take the training for granted and the fitness. Um, but I do enjoy going to the gym anyway, luckily, um, and staying active, whether it's going for walks. Going for a run's a bit more difficult now because um, because of my injury and stuff. But I'm always out active and and keep. I think it's just keeping your mind, like you say, you're present when you're at the gym. You are present, aren't you? Because you're lifting weights, you're on the treadmill or whatever. And just going back to that, what you said about you know, I do it sometimes. You know, when you're at home and you're on your phone and you're meant to be talk, talking to your wife or your kids or something, and you're not really listening properly. I think it's so easy these days to do that. And you and time can go by like that and you missed it, aren't you? So I think you've got to be careful with that. And I think there's people being more aware these days of, of that that kind of um, effect though. So hopefully people can put things into action. Yeah, no, mate, I, I totally agree. Because it is it's something I'm I'm guilty of that, but my wife often says she goes, You are here, but you're not really here. And I'm like, so it's again yeah. it's for, for me to put a podcast is something that I always ask about it on here, and it's always been quite cathartic for me, and more therapy when I talk to people trying to age how they deal with things and what that looks like, because it does sort of help. Because it's really opened my eyes again. Actually, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and I need to really look at that. And, and certainly, yeah. if something that's come out of something that's come out of it, certainly not nearly 50 episodes now recording is certainly along the lines of that. Just one, enjoy the journey, whatever journey that you're mm. on, making sure you're but being present and and so I think. I don't know if you listen, I've obviously listened to the High Performance Podcast. He's one of the ones that I'm a big fan of. One that inspired maybe you listen to Johnny Wilkinson talk about getting to the highs of, like, you know, score the winning goal in the Rugby World Cup. You get to that high and then mm. 30 seconds later, you're, you're at a low and, you, and he obviously talks openly about his mental health and, and the struggles he's had with it, but mainly because he's trying to then flip that and make sure that wherever you are, you're present. But again, back to that being present at every moment, mm. I think it's such a such an important message to try and get across. Yeah, I think it's massive. It's but like I say, these days with you've got so many things that you can do, haven't you? Like literally you'd be at home and there could be ten different things that you're doing. Most of them are all on your phone <laughs> <laughs> or online at some sort. So it's kinda like it is exciting to do other things and to think about business and stuff. And I'm I'm the same now, especially now I've I've stopped playing. That's kind of my my new thing looking for, for business opportunities or trying to build my business and you don't stop thinking but I think sometimes maybe you have to put like a structure in place where you go certain two hours when the kids get home from school I'm not touching my phone I'm not thinking about anything else I'm just here yeah. and then you go you enjoy them two hours more rather than being there for six or seven hours with them but you're in and out your phone you're in and out the conversation you're not really taking in and enjoying it so I think Something I'm working on as well, to be honest with you, because it's it is a difficult it is a difficult one. Yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you. Talk, so talk to me about what what some of the maybe some of the skills that you've learned from I guess being within a being a professional athlete, being within the, uh, within the footballing world from like I say from 
sort of culture and leadership and well, you know, what what sort of skills have you taken from from sport into now obviously running your own business and stuff well, talk to me about some of that mm. i think like say just going off that the high performance one a lot of them what they say is accountability so, so being accountable for your decisions i think i've always had that anyway to be honest with you i don't like i hate people that blame other things and you're know, always making excuses so i'll never do that um and which what you see with top players that i've played with no one's ever blaming anybody else it's like you look in the mirror and go what could i have done better today and once you've done that then maybe you can start asking you should be doing this you should be doing that but it's first of all it's what are you working to 100 for yourself are you giving everything so i think there it's just basics hard work in it i think if you want to get anywhere in life you've got to give 100 percent um so they're the main the main skill sets that you see from every top player that i've played with hard work that's just, just number yeah. one yeah mate 100 100 and what, what what sort of stuff do you like with the keen to with obviously the the web sports manager you know talking to to the younger players and helping them and supporting them what 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 sort of what sort of stuff do you talk to them about or like from your experiences and how, how do you help and support them um it's just day-to-day -day stuff really um anything that can happen at training you know so much goes on off the pitch in football and like i say especially these days again with social media and stuff like that which is probably wasn't really when i was you know at brighton i don't think it was ever in kind of instagram twitter stuff like that so yeah. once you was in you was in training you train and you come away and you could kind of half switch off we've obviously you're always thinking about football but you don't have to think about what is everybody else saying so i think these days it's kind of the main thing just kind of helping them if they've had tough training sessions or they're not in the team um you know they don't feel like the manager's noticing them you know whether you should go in and speak to the manager they can ask me that and i'll give my opinion on stuff like that um i remember one one time when i was at brighton i think it was my first season and i was out of the team for it was probably about seven or eight weeks where we weren't even on the bench and i was kind of didn't really know what to do um so it took me about six weeks before i went into gus and i said you know gus like what can i do i had a good chat with him what can i do in training what do you need to see from me how do i get back in the team and if i can kind of pass that on to my players maybe within a week they can maybe go in and start speaking to the manager and just you know go about in the right way rather than you know going mad kicking off and that can obviously damage relationships between player and manager sometimes so I think just just kind of giving feedback of what I've, what have I been through how did I deal with it was it the right yeah. thing that I did was it the wrong thing and then just kind of laying that back to them so hopefully they can make up more right decisions than, than they do wrong ones really love that and so what was your how did you feel at them times like during during your career at maybe some lower points where you weren't in the team and stuff like that what was your mindset around that which did did you did that did that affect you a lot or was it always like look i'll just keep working i'll keep working i'll get back in what what was your mindset around that did you have any bad points at periods where you're oh, just not doing anything why i'm not being noticed or mm, i think my mindset was always it made me train harder if you know if there was any where i weren't giving 100 percent in a way if you look back it gives you that little if you dropped what do you need to do to get me back in the team does the manager think you're not why does he think i'm not good enough and it got get me a little bit angry really um so yeah just kind of put more effort in like say speak to the manager as well i think 
you need to know why sometimes, why you're not back in the team, because there's so much goes on in football. It, it could be one of 10 things why you're not in the team, whether it's something on the pitch, you might have done something off the pitch that you don't know about. Um, you might not be doing stuff right around the training ground, the way you're conducting yourself. The manager might take the ump with you or something. And because you know, it's e you're easily replaceable in football, that's the problem. You know, there's, there's two, three players for every position. And at one club, you know, you could probably flip a coin to see which one plays week in, week out. So it's just making sure you're that person who's playing. What do you need to do? How do you get that little advantage over your teammate um, to get into the spot where obviously there's only one one position for one person to play? So I think, yeah, I always, if I was out the, the game, out the team, you're just probably thinking more about what you need to do and yeah. yeah the things that you you need to work on to to make sure you are in the team next week or further down the line i'll tell you what is actually interesting listening to you talk like uh, over the last 20 25 minutes or so is about one, one thing that's key and it sounds like obviously you're helping the other um the younger players with as well is communication which is something that within a business mm. environment is so important like if you if you've got that open level like to, to one have the the ability to go and have that conversation with the manager and be in front of them and, mm. and just keep that level of communication open because you know where you stand then surely and that's the if you've got yeah. a if you're a good people person and you're able to have those communicate you know you're able to have them conversations that mm. in every aspect of life business sport whatever that looks like communication is such a key key value isn't it yeah it makes it obviously obviously easier to get to the point of you know in, in football terms why you're not playing like say in the yeah. workplace, it might be why why is your boss upset with you? I mean, it goes down to everything, doesn't it? You need to know yeah. exactly why. And I think you know, as a footballer, and a young footballer, it was daunting. You know, going in to speak to Gus Poyet and asking him. Basically, you're kind of kicking <laughs> off. Why am I not playing? Kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it was like it was a massive thing back then. So, I think you just kind of got to go in with a bit of a plan, so you're not going in the wrong way. Just ask the right questions of. I say, why am I not playing? What do I need to do? How can I impress yeah. you to get back into the team? Stuff like that. Football's like it's, it's it's high pressure, and you lose you know you lose your head sometimes, and you see it in the changing rooms. But that always ends up in negative because if you you say something or you know out of frustration or something like that, things like that can can have a you know it can end your career at a club sometimes, especially. Like with even these days, you can go online and tweet something and it can end your career, can't it? So, you know, anything yeah, yeah. anything these days, you've got to kind of calm yourself down and, and think about how you're transferring that over to, to whoever it will be, your boss or whoever. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like you said, probably less so when you was playing, but certainly a lot now, like that social media element, like mm. that's be a, a tricky place to be in like that surely a lot of clubs obviously got social media things in place and and stuff and not for young players it's an open book to get in so much trouble isn't it yeah i think it's obviously it's massive it's you know it's a positive for players these days because they can they can thank the fans for traveling communicate yeah. you know what how they're feeling, whether the performance has been good. Apologise sometimes. You see a lot of you see a lot of apologies when there's been a bad game. But I'm guessing they probably they probably get about a thousand messages telling them that they need to apologise or how bad they was or something like that. So I think you need to you definitely need to be be on there when you're calm and it's after the storm. If you get on there too quick, I mean, I was I was never that 
an angry person or like, I mean, I can calm myself down pretty quick. So I don't think I would have been ever done anything and silly or said anything, but there's a lot of players that I played with that, you know, the fan says something, they're replying back, you know, so-and-so and it's, it's just going to cause more problems in it. You might feel better for that 30 seconds that you're typing it, but then in the long run, you're just, you're just going to get slated even more. Right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, mate, listen, it's, it's been, um, it's been fascinating chatting to you and I'll, great sharing the stories and, and, and stuff over the years with your, your career and I'm really excited about obviously your, your your new journey and the new business mate it sounds really great and I'm, I'm sure you're going to continue and go and absolutely smash it as you used to on a pitch at the Amex <laughs> cheers Sam yeah Thanks, I know I'd, ra I'd rather be back there back at the Amex but you know this is the next best thing watch my my players doing doing the business on the pitch absolutely absolutely well, look mate we're going to finish um with everyone i've finished with some quick fire questions so um so one piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self um i think even though i probably a little bit younger where i got kind of doubted i got released from oldham so it was kind of it would be always always believe in your own ability really um stay strong like say believe in what what you bring to the team or whether you know whether it's the workplace or anything like that so yeah believe in what what you can offer and be confident with it because there's a fine line between confidence and, and your confidence going so you know what why be on that wrong end of it when when there's no need to be um so yeah i think just believe in yourself love that love that um who who's been your biggest inspiration throughout your life and why um that's a tough one that i think probably my dad to be fair um he used to annoy me so much when growing up because you know if i had a bad game he'd be telling me about it and to be fair that used to make me angry it did probably make me used to play better the next game but yeah i think my dad's obviously my mum and dad have always been there watching every game you know he was he was at every bloody um brighton game traveling four or five hours down so they were the people that were always there and kind of pushing me to go on and, and kind of probably get to where where i could get to yeah brilliant love that um could you recommend a book or a podcast that um that you've listened to that's had an impact on you and could recommend to our listeners yeah well we was talking about it's a high performance one to be honest with you that's that's my main one um most all listening to lewis morgan who's like a business one uh it's probably similar to what to what you're doing getting into probably more the financial details and stuff like that of how people kind of create big multi-million pound businesses which is kind of something that I'm interested in now obviously after finishing football yeah, yeah. but yeah the mindset ones like I said the high performance one is that is literally for everyone as well obviously it's more like high-end performers athletes stuff like that but they're the same lessons there that any anybody can take into it everyday life really um so I think yeah I think anybody can listen to that and if you listen to one episode you'd probably take take loads away from it because a lot of them echo each other really a lot of them are saying the same things and the same values and stuff like that so yeah it's that that's brilliant to listen to the top performers speak about what they do day in day out yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, for me, that was probably it was the first podcast I ever listened to and, and what inspired me to start this, really, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. It's epic. But, um, yeah. right, mate, finally, final question. What What is your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Um, that's a tough one again, isn't it? I think everybody's looking for that, aren't they? But 
I think just be, it's easy to say just be happy, but kind of do things that make you happy. Um, Don't spend too much time doing mundane stuff if it's not making you happy. You need to kind of get up and make change sometimes, don't you? I think it's easy to get into kind of routines where you're, you know, it's a bit boring this, but this is just what I do. No, change it. Do you know what I mean? If, if there's something that makes you happy, whether it's going out with your mates, going out, going to the gym, make sure you make time for stuff like that because you need to do what's happy, don't you? What makes you happy? Love that. Love that. Mate, listen, it's been such a pleasure catching up with you uh, after such a long time. And look, n- n- next time I'm up there, I'll, I'll, I'll come and meet you. I'll buy you a beer and uh, be good to good, good to see you. But listen, mate, thanks so yeah, much for your time. So. And um, it was, listen, wish you every success with the, uh, with the new business. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me, having me on. Um, and yeah, good luck. Not <laughs> You've got a long way to go, but I'm sure you'll do it. <laughs> mate, we're getting there, we're getting there, mate, Farmer. Mate, you're a legend. Take care. I'll catch you soon. Yes, Sam. Yeah, speak soon. Cheers, Cheers Sam. Sam.